Welcome to episode 267 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, welcome along to episode 267 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? Very good, and you? I'm very good as well, John. You know why? Why? The studios are moving. The studios are moving. The studios are moving. John, we, John we, gets an extra hill rep each week. Yeah, we do too. I get an extra hill rep like 20 times a week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we, we managed to, well, last week at the end of the show, we were talking about how Joe and I were going to an auction to buy the place and got Andrew Taylor sent through some tips. Oh, did he? Nice. Yeah, because he's a real estate agent and they're actually pretty good tips. Yeah. And, um, but admittedly, we were the only people there, so it did make it easy to win, win the auction. So, uh, well, I'll talk about it later in the show, but yep, so the uh, studios are moving next month, John. Exciting times. I yeah. know, it is exciting times. Yeah, we might even have a studio with a view. Nice. Or not, because there is an office and it's very small, but I figure we could probably record the show from the lounge with oh, the view. Oh, yes. And we could get kind of deeper into it. It's a very exciting Sounds time. Good. I am talking is proudly brought to you by coffeesofhawaii.com. For uh, what, what, are we, what are we talking about? For discount codes, check out later on in the show. Athlinks.com. We've got some new stuff on those guys this week. Yeah, extreme endurance. And we actually interview an extreme endurance athlete this week, John. But wait, we'll talk about that in a minute. On this week's show, we've got some news. But what are we going to cut we've out? Got, uh, we've got news, we've got an interview, we've got a coach's corner, and some questions. Okay, and the interview's with who? Timo Bracht. He's a nice guy, eh? He is. Yeah, we just did the interview then, and he's actually he's a real nice guy. So, um, and there's some interesting perspective that comes from the interview, isn't there? Mm. Yeah, about how you choose races when you're that good. Okay, then. Well, news. First of all, the big news of this week, and uh, which is no real surprise, but Ironman New York sells out in seconds. Yes, I, th- I think I read somewhere it might have been 12 minutes. That could be wrong, but I think it just seems to be where my memory um, serves me and. Yes, we're going to talk probably about whether it's a good thing or bad thing. For, uh, not, it's not, not, not a bad thing, whether it's a good thing or whether they're better off putting races in uh, nice scenic locations. But anyway, it's no, I don't think anybody's really surprised at a sellout. It's got that appeal that is a bit different, you know, um, going to a big city, finishing downtown New York. So um, the price tag was, uh, was it 895 um, or 995, it's like 895 US or something. It's a very expensive race to enter. But again, it just goes to show that nine minutes to sell. Sorry, nine I'm minutes. Being distracted. It, it just it's they've got a fantastic brand and they can put races on anywhere in America. Well, um, let's let's, let's talk about this when we go into mm. the discussion of the week because we talked down a big way. But I imagine a lot of people are pretty disappointed. Yeah. Yeah, it was always going to happen. So I mean, you just got to be. So somebody did post a fantastic picture on our Facebook page of a guy, um, a fat yeah, guy in glasses, sitting there uh, in front of his, his computer screen, ready to hit the enter button. Pretty Looks classic. like he needs to do a little bit of Iron Man. Mm. Um, actually, I want to pause the show for one second. Okay. I was just on our Starbook, uh, Starbook, our Starbook, Facebook page. Starbook. Yeah. Painting it now. Well, no, because Jules Starglazer. Um, how does that one call him? She, uh, she was just saying there's an interview with Mecca on triathlon.org which I hadn't watched and it's 20 minutes long so I'm not going to watch it now but mm-hmm. I may want to check it out and you may want to check it out so go to uh, our Facebook page she's got a link to it there or you can just go to triathlon.org and you'll find it on there but uh, that's probably more the biggest news of the week isn't we, it? We did have a debate whether we've done the, the Enduro Man results the final Enduro Man results and we couldn't find them on their website anyway Okay, so <laughs> now I reckon we did. I reckon we did it. Yeah, but anyway, um, 
so uh, there's a triathlon race on the weekend there had a bit of interest happening oh that's going to be under John's uh, ITU update oh this is the bigger news it's the news of the week come on everyone's gone when are they going to talk about Mecca it was obvious it was always going to happen it basically panned out exactly as I predicted I was I was watching the race uh, delayed coverage and was sitting there thinking um, he's going to get smoked in the swim and then I was uh, I, I kind of fast forwarded a bit of the swim and then thinking I'm going to have to eat a bit of humble pie here because yep. uh, the the shots were it was it was a wetsuit swim and uh, everything was very compacted it was one big pack and I thought holy holy moly he's going to make that pack and you know he's obviously clearly going to be able to ride with the group and he'd be able to put in a steady run finish you know probably top third top half of the field um, and I thought oh good on him and then and then there was like two or three guys that were like way off the back it was it was over a minute down coming out of the swim yeah and to be fair i mean i'm not i'm a macca and macca's awesome but that was a slightly weaker field than normal because the european champs are coming up this weekend so quite a few guys guys were not there Brantley seemed to have it didn't he yeah, and then also the wetsuit swim, which is another equaliser. So the weaker swimmers get a better chance, which is why it did stay even more compacted than normal. Uh, so he had everything in his favour, but um, he just got smoked in the swim and then uh, rode up to a couple of other guys. Um, so and, did he start the run? No, no, no. He rode up to a couple of other guys and uh, there was three or four of them sort of lapping it out, but they were losing big time. Uh, well, you're way too behind the pick. It's game over, isn't it? Mm. But, uh, but then also it was... Um, pretty crappy conditions so the the big main pack you would have thought wouldn't have been going at electric pace yeah but anyway um at some stage during the bike he pulled the pin and uh it was a game over over I just i had a look on his facebook page all he said it was understandably he was just flat and tired from racing ironman a couple of weeks earlier um i suppose that's the question i have and, and I, I will watch this interview because i'm sure he probably answers it on this interview is the ironman does seem a little bit self-destructive oh totally you know what i mean like if you really are taking this 100 percent serious why would you do an Ironman two weeks before this race? Unless he sees that there's more opportunity to get into other races to get qualification. Mm-hmm. So so we don't know what's happening behind the scenes, but he obviously got into this race. And, and you know what? I'm sure for the sport, like you watched the race. I watched. The, I was at Joe's parents for dinner and, and they had the delayed coverage on and we watched, it must have been about 30 minutes for the bike and mm-hmm. at this stage, I didn't really know where he was. But he was getting a lot of attention. Oh, yeah. You know, the the race was really about him, wasn't it? What would have been interesting would have been uh, if he had carried on uh, onto the the run, he would have got lapped on the run. So you would have had the world's best short course athlete lapping the current Iron Man. That wouldn't have been uh, so good. But hey, look, he's given it a crack. He's put it out there. He said he hasn't got very high expectations in terms of um, being competitive. But uh, the, the key thing is, his swim is just not going to cut the mustard even when he's uh, freshened up from Ironman. I just don't think his swim is going to quite be there. His bike and his run is fine. Well, bike will be fine if he gets the main pick. Eh? Yeah, um, yep. and his run is not going to win him races, but should get him pretty competitive. But uh, if you don't make the pack, it's game over. So uh, I think he was saying he was feeling pretty, pretty flat, which mm-hmm. is understandable. Do you think there's any chance it could happen? Uh, no, no, you I don't. don't. Because it's going to be non-wetsuit swims. And so you just think the swim's going to hurt him too much? Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Um, so if he can make the pack, I think it's a he's got a rear uh, he's got an opportunity to try to, to be third third ranked Australia. I think yeah. that's possible if he can make the pack. But I just can't see him making the pack. Uh, I guess the one thing that potentially could happen, like if in London is going to be if he managed to get a start in London, which I don't think he will. Uh, 
it's flat flat bike course this pack could slow down so much that, that everybody could get on yeah possibly um but it's a big ask okay we'll be interested to see what happens i'll check out the interview on triathlon.org because i'm sure it's a pretty great interview they just got a couple of quotes from the interview that he's got there and one thing you always love about macro is he he doesn't pause punches. He's pretty honest about the experience, and he's just saying how his wife's calling it his midlife crisis. Yeah, and he's saying he's kind of motivated because the idea of taking his kids to the Olympic Games would be a bit of a buzz. Uh, and, and, and I think deep down he still believes he can get there. He's saying I know what I'm capable of. Um, he knows he's not going to be as fast as you know the, the brown leads of the world are quicker than we, what he was at his best. So he's mm. realistic about it. He's, but he's just thinking, well, I've got nothing to lose, and you know, and he, and he knows what he's got. So you know, it's I, I think you know, good on him. Yeah, so we're interested to see what happens there. It's obviously not the best start on that journey for him, but anyway. Um, Iron Man France is coming up this weekend, John, and you've even put like, the people in there. Well, this is what I'm liking. Finally, um, somebody at Iron Man France. Um, Go Iron Man France. They put uh, something on the Ironman.com page last week, went to the Iron Man um, France site. Uh, you could you could download who was racing, and then you can pretty easily ahead ahead your categories so you could pretty easily sort who was racing uh, so it was easy to find who the pros the pros are racing what are the points and um, prize money look at this race Bevan don't ask me questions I don't know, I don't <laughs> know just, the answer to you just give all this praise I'm just looking at the male field yeah. I don't know there's a lot of Frenchies there but it's definitely a, a bigger field it's yeah. You've got um, in comparison to what we've been seeing this year. Mm-hmm. You got Marcel Zamora Perez and Frederick Van Leerd, who they think that'll be the main sort of rivalry. Um, What's Paul Amy doing nowadays? Paul Amy, you never know with Paul. Yep. He's a bit of an enigma. A bit of an enigma. <laughs> so um, Perez, I think, has won it uh, five times. So he's certainly the man to beat. But Frederick Van Leerd won. Um, Abu Dhabi earlier in the year, so yep. he's uh, he's. Remember, a remember watching? Did you watch the Abu Dhabi clip? Because he shocked himself. Yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, he's uh, that was a that was a breakthrough race. Big breakthrough race. So most likely to be between uh, those guys, but you never know what Paul Amy's going to do. Um, Francois Chabot, you never. He's always sort of there or thereabouts. Probably not going to win it. Um, and then a lot of Europeans, which we don't know too much about. So on the okay, John, how do you say that name? I just want to do it because Alejandro. Santa Maria Perez. Wow, you're pretty good at that, mate. Okay, mate. Hey, yeah. Okay, what's happening with the chicks? Girl side of things. So you've got Kim Lofter in there. You've got Heather Golnick, who's you know heavily involved in the Rev Three series. Not sure if she owns it, but she's sort of heavily involved in it. Uh, and you've also got uh, Christelle Robin, Katya Mayer, and also Martina Dogana. Pretty, so pretty good female field. Just isn't a it? good steady field. No rock stars, but. Um, the good thing with, with sometimes when you have races like that, you often get really close races. So looking forward to that. Okay, well, the other race we've got coming up is Ironman Coeur d'Alene, and they haven't done their work, have they, John? They haven't. Because so we're the, going back to last year's results, and that always means John doesn't know the, what's happening. So with what they do with their listings, yes, they've got an athlete guide on the, the site, and it lists all the athletes, but just a big list of names and, uh, I think, country, but it doesn't have classified divisions. So, oh, so you don't I'm know not going to sit there scrolling through 2,500 John, John, names. John, where's your commitment to this show? That is where my commitment lies wow. for this show. Disappointing. Draw a line. So last year, Andy Potts uh, raced. I wouldn't be surprised. Dominated the dojo. Probably, who knows if he's racing again, but he's got to be doing some racing if he wants to go to Kona. So um, Look at the difference in the swim split. Yeah. He was basically six minutes in front of anybody else. He is a sensational swimmer. That's ridiculous, but in the swim to come out six minutes ahead. It is. Yeah. He is a very good swimmer. And he is probably the only person at the moment who is able to transcend all distances successfully. Um, you still think he's got an ITU? 
Yeah, we beat Bevan Doherty the other day at Escape from Alcatraz. True. So, and he beat, uh, I think it was Matt Chabot there as well. And those two guys, Bevan finished 10th at the weekend. Yep. And Chabot's in the top sort of 10, 15 in the world as well. So yeah, he's still got it over short course. And yeah, I think he's definitely potential Why for a top five man? Kona. Well, American, you know, it's all about Ironman America. Yeah, true. Yeah? Yeah. So... Let's see if he races this weekend. So that was the, the guys' side of things and the girls' side of things last year. We had... Um, is it that one? She won? No, Lindsay Corbin, no, 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 I Lindsay Corbin, yep. Lindsay Corbin took it out in 9.17. 9.17. Okay, John, what else we got happening in the news here? Let me wait. Pull it up, pull it up, pull it up. I'm trying to kill time as I'm distracting myself. John's ITU update. So we've given the, the kids, <laughs> kids' fuel update. That's a Dextro Energy World Championship Series update. Okay, well, wait a second. Okay, we've talked about Mecca. What happened in the race? Uh... Yes, it was one of the biggest down trails you've ever seen in a, in a, in a really? high-level race because uh, you had Alistair Brownlee, first out of the swim, led, led the vast majority of the swim, got on the bike, uh, looked like actually looked like a pack might form and get away, um, but then basically all came together and then... And he was working at the front too, but wasn't he? Oh, plenty of... That was the thing, eh? Like, I only saw about half an hour of it, but you're kind of thinking, why is he doing the he work? He was working it. And yeah. then... Uh, and then I don't know, maybe 10k to go, maybe maybe 15. Um, broke away on the bike with um, with Stuart Hayes and somebody else. I can't quite remember. Um, and broke away, and they got a good sort of 30 to 45 seconds on the pack and just drilled it. It was really rainy, crappy, crappy, cold conditions. So that meant uh, it was quite good for a breakaway. So it got away. And then it was like, it was just game over, Rover. He just cruised the run. Uh, well, it must be nice cruising. to be an athlete, to get off, to turn up to a race. And, you know, it must be nice to know you're kind of pretty confident you've got a good chance of winning it. But, you know, you get off the bike and you know you can cruise and win. Mm. Like, it's going to be pretty nice, doesn't it? And it really helps with your recovery. You know, yeah. you don't have to drill Hurt. it yeah. at any stage. So he ran basically the same pace as whoever got uh, second. Uh, the, the Russian dude got second. Um, and then Sven Rieder was third. But he basically ran the same pace as them. And you know he's one to two minutes quicker than yeah. them. So going one to two he's minutes. Because he's at a 29.30, isn't he? Oh, yeah. You never know. They're not that accurate. Oh, okay. courses, but he's in that in that ballpark. Yeah. Because uh, he did so, 31-something, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. So he's uh, just... Head and shoulders above, above the rest. But the, his brother was not there. Jonathan Brownlee was not there. Gomez was not there. But Gomez always races like crap in the cold conditions. I do. So yeah. So is that a worry for London? Oh, it is a bit, a bit. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the reason why a lot of those top guns weren't there, the European champs, uh, next weekend, and that is a, it is a big deal for the Europeans. Um, so that's why Brown, the younger Brownlee wasn't racing. Why Gomez wasn't racing? Where are they? It's important. They are in Spain this year. So they rotate the race around? Yeah, it just moves from year to year. Okay, so all the other races are kind of concreted in, mm. whereas that one's not. Next yeah. round of the World Championship Series is in Hamburg, which is always... Oh, so wait a second, the European Champs don't count as a part of the series? No, they do not. You may be able to accrue some points, but you only get X number of races count, so maybe you have your five, oh, okay. five highest scoring races, and, I would, and generally they would be World Championship Series. I'm, I'm sure it probably does have points, so I'm not sure. So who's your prediction? Well, Brownlee, Brownlee, and then Gomez, pretty straightforward. <laughs> now, on the girls' side of things, uh, we had uh, Finlay, the Canadian, again sprinting to victory in the last 100 metres, so she's undefeated this year. Wow. Three from three. I think it's three from three, isn't it? We had Sydney. Three I don't know, John. I'm not really yeah, Sydney, Sydney, Madrid, and Kitzbühel. So she's undefeated. But on for her, though, she's not 
crushing everybody. She's winning. She's pulling away from the group in the last 500 metres of the run or coming down to a sprint finish, so she's not crushing everybody. Here's a question. How can you make ITU a better spectacle? Uh, they need to make the courses a bit harder, and apparently there was some complaints um, from the athletes. You know, Kitzbühel is basically a ski resort, yeah. and the bike's flat and the run's flat. There's yeah. a little hill on it, but it's nothing significant. And because oh, we were watching it, and I was explaining it to Joe's family what was happening, and I suppose the fact that and the commentators were doing a pretty good job. So, like, you know, like the commentator's job is supposed to make it interesting, but it, the bike ride was just a big pack riding, and you kind of go, "Where's it's a bit boring?" Yeah. So I think two things they need to do is, is uh, make the, the the bike tougher for some races it doesn't have to be tough every race but also be a bit innovative and they are looking to do that you know in terms of um having some different formats so they're now having the world team champs where yep. you, you know it's a tag uh, a relay tag um but i think it'd be fantastic to do like a triple triple sprint or something it's like just that. you look at sport and you look at sport and you go okay well, well good sport is when there's drama isn't it, really ultimately mm-hmm. and if you look at a like one of the downfalls of basketball is like i love basketball but one of the downfalls is the drama only happens in the last quarter generally you know so it's the, all but, about the last shot yeah but <laughs> The, the thing with basketball is that drama is really wicked, you know, mm. so if you can get to that last quarter, it's pretty exciting. Whereas with triathlon, it's like, even in the short course stuff, there's not much drama. Yeah. And so what can they do to create it more so that as a whole, because it's such a long spectacle, well, I suppose it's only two hours, but, yeah, but, but at the same time, it's kind of like, yeah, the most of the race is pretty boring to watch. Well, that's the thing. I'm a triathlon junkie and I'm sitting there fast forwarding lots of yeah. parts of the race. Yeah. So I think the Germans... They just take a look at what the Germans do. They do it awesomely. They do lots of different formats. You know, it's grand. It's their, their Bundesliga. They have a sprint. So they have double sprints. So they have reverse triathlons. Yeah. And that's what makes it interesting. Oh, have you ever done a reverse? Uh, I don't think I have. No, but things like that. That's That'd what be cool, it wouldn't up. it? Yeah. It's just because it mess with your body, wouldn't it? And if you have a swim bike run, swim bike run, then you know you have small breaks going into the the second swim, and then you have lots of different packs forming. Then you have guys panicking behind, and and uh, it's it's there's so much they could do. So is the Olympics in a way almost restricting us? Yes, mm. definitely. Yeah, yeah, because they have to. Because it has stopped innovation. Because I know you talk about the eighties and, and you know your mm. early days, and how much how there was so many different types of racing, and, and it seems to be that the Olympics have really just you know we have this one distance, mm. and which makes sense because athletes need to be great at that distance. But if anything, it's taking away a bit they of the need excitement. To be bold. Mm. Okay. Well, maybe they could look to get different types of triathlon at That's the Olympics. What they're working on it. Okay. Mm. Nice. Okay. Our sponsor. Coffeesofhawaii.com Coffeesofhawaii.com John, you talk about it, I'll pour it up. So, we've got all the stuff on the... the oh, oh, look at that, John. You did your homework on this one, didn't so, you? Yes, I did. So, discount codes this week. So, the, the codes you need to know, I am talk, a checkout, you save 25%. Yeah, you know what? We've got an email on Facebook, actually. And, and someone said, because I'm now sponsoring uh, Chrissy. Yes. Which, what happened to that interview with Chrissy we're going to have? Oh, she's kept delaying on me. Oh, come on, Chrissy. We were there before you were big. Yeah. Yeah, big, you, you lose the little people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but on Facebook, someone said that, that, that we're going to be discounting her. There you go. And I just said, you know, hey, world champ schmep. Exactly. <laughs> so use I am talk or use I am, if you want to do recurring delivery, I am talk HH, deal with the recurring delivery, turns up whatever frequency you want. I do like the recurring thing. delivery thing. It just rocks up. Because sometimes in life you get those luxury things, don't you? Oh, it's just what, what's a luxury thing for you, John? Uh, Ems Power Cookie. Yeah, yeah, you get recurring delivery of those too, I don't, don't you? Do actually. <laughs> yeah, what's all that about? Actually, what happened to mine? Oh, come on, yeah, we'll, get, we'll hook you up, we'll hook you up. <laughs> and so, the Ems Cookies, John, this is luxury. He came around this morning, before the show, he's eating his Ems Power Cookie. You haven't finished yet. You haven't mm, finished, don't eat now. So the show's working. so good. They do look pretty yummy. But... 
you know, and so you, you get these things and, you, and you're loving it, and then it doesn't turn up, and you think I've got to order it, and you don't end Hassle, up doing it. Credit card, blah, yeah. Blah, blah. Whereas with this, just every month or so, a package arrives in the mail, and most mail was bills. Let's be honest. Yes. And you, you know, you oh, here's more bills, but you go no. This is my luxury. Nice. Beautiful, John. So, coffeesofwire.com. Codes are IMTALK. You get 25% off for IMTALKHH if you're doing recurring delivery. And if you have any coffee questions, John, go to email us at answers at coffeesofwire.com. Please, sir, toilet break, toilet break. Are you going to go toilet? So do I, actually. We can maybe double P. Swords. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'll put on pause. (laughs) We'll tell you about the sword fight in a minute. (laughs) I won. John peed on the seat. (laughs) <laughs> you got your own on suite if I did you would know who it was yeah um, okay then so what have we got discussion of the week discussion of the week so last week we were wondering what you guys thought about the idea of Iron Man uh, New York City so we've got do you think Iron Man New York City is a good thing is it worth having an average course which would bring a lot of exposure to our sport or are we better having a course somewhere else which would work better for the race so John let's let's see what people thought oh actually is it no no, no it's not okay sorry um being the running man, sure, like Seashore, maybe more exposure means more sponsors, means more races. Okay, well, SIS, SLS, try, um, are saying it's a good idea, and it works in other big cities, e.g. Frankfurt, which is a great point. Nice. Matt Mahalka, um, in New York City, Iron Man <laughs> is a good thing for exposure for sport. Perhaps it will become a bit of a it thing for some high-profile New Yorkers, kind of like the New York City Marathon. Regardless, I don't think WTC has any worries. The race not selling out, even with a $1,000 price tag. Perhaps it isn't the best venue for a race as far as the course itself, but there are plenty of other races around, including one in upstate New York anyways. Okay, then we've got Stuart Moore. He said more exposure equals more races. Not every race needs Kona slots either because not all of us want to or are fast enough to get there. That's why many of us are happy to enter challenge events. Look how marathoning has grown over 30 years. Iron distance try is already the next must-do thing. How tell? Since when has WTC ever been bothered about the quality of a course or the race? <laughs> uh, here we go. Palo Kim Lee. Uh, wait a second, I pull that Pablo. Oh, Pablo, sorry. Uh, it's more like Iron Man in New Jersey. It just happens that the finish is in New York City. Oh, that's interesting. Other than that, it could just be a good race. But if it talk, the talk confirms itself, the race fee of $1,000, which it wasn't, was it? I think it was, was 895. It? I think it was 895. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, then we'll start to see the race entries go up in this price. Yes, yeah, I suppose if, if one race gets high, then they think they can get away with it. Will they up the price mm-hmm. of every other race? Uh, so, yeah, but that's his, his opinion, humble opinion. What, Mike Threadgold, what was the name you gave him last year? Mazda Engine or something? Maz, Mazda Engine. Mazda Engine. Mazda, he liked it too. He sent me an email back. Because, yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. New York City came in fifth in the top ten dirtiest city, U.S. cities. Oh, nice. nice. It seems to be a gimmick race at the expense of finding a great new course. I won't be signing up. Okay, Mark Hughes-Jones. Good for who? For the WTC? Sure it is. For athletes? If it is what uh, you want, then yes. For the sport of triathlon, it's worrying that it could cost... Yeah, people are worried about the $1,000 factor, but he's worrying it costs $1,000 to do a race... Uh, and that the WTC released stuff like this. Ironman competitors have an average income of $161,000. I find that interesting. I, don't I wish I had that. <laughs> yeah, the average income. In the eyes of the masses, triathlon could become Ironman alone, and a sport that costs mega bucks to compete in and therefore not accessible to most. We don't need that type of publicity, which is a fairly good point, isn't it? It is. Mm. Ulrich Flume, I'm pissed at the claims I've read in the media about the race costs an organisation several million. 
we put on the Grand Fondo New York, which is a, it's a bike race in the same area for pay, and paid 400000 for permits and closures. Yes, it's expensive, but I hate if they li- hate it if they lie to people to justify the horrendous oh, entry that's fee. That's isn't it? Good, good on them for putting... Um, for them, if people pay it, and they will, but lying in everyone's face is a disgrace. For 2012, the course is um, uninspiring and non-New York City New York City as they could have made it. The crossing of the GWB is without Manhattan views on the Northern Walk Path. The last few miles on, in Manhattan are on a bike path along the river with views of ugly New Jersey housing. It could be in any industrial town. Makes me wonder why it took them six years to come up with this mega mega course. But it's a start and can only get better from here. But now WTC stop talking out your ass. Oh, that's interesting, isn't it? It's nice to actually have someone else with that insight, eh? Mm. As you can make them. Um, I'll start with uh, Tim Gardner. Uh, well, it sold out in just a few minutes at $895 per entry. So a lot of people must think it's a good idea. John, yes. your thoughts? I think it's uh, going to be fantastic for the sport in terms of um, promoting it and stuff. Uh, and going to be good. And hopefully that maybe will flow on to other things, more sponsorship and other races. But for me, there's no way I'd be in, even remotely interested in doing I'd much rather go and do um, a, a Euro course where there's mass spectators somebody like Rote which we've done um, Frank do you think they'll get mass spectators? Yeah but I, I, I do and I don't but doesn't racing in the city doesn't doesn't appeal to me at all oh really I mean, not at all I'd much rather be somewhere like Rote or Wanaka or, and I'm not just saying that because they're challenge races you know Frankfurt I'd, I would love to go but and Frankfurt's do that Frankfurt's a city yeah but it's not I think this is going to be different this is going to be I don't know. From, from, from what, from what people John, have been... From what take people off your hate WTC hat. No, from what you can't people, say you're going to like Frankfurt and then if go... Ch- if Challenge put on a race in New York City, I wouldn't want to go and do it either. So it's not, yeah. it's not to do with WTC. Um, but from what I've heard, the swim's going to be pretty gross. Um, the bike's going to be um, pretty uninspiring and pretty crappy surface. And the run is... Um, doesn't sound that inspiring either. So see, for me, a big city race does sound appealing because it's like it's kind of like you know being in nature is a cool thing, but also being like when you know when you're running in a marathon and you're in they've closed the streets off and you're running through the iconic streets of a city and and, I, and so I do like that fact that on that day you get the privilege of being the dominant traffic mm-hmm. and I think there's something really cool about that. Now, hopefully, they've, they've, it's hard to know if the course is going to be good or not because I don't know much about the area, but it's a bit suspect from the sounds of things. But hopefully. Um, Oh, just over Rutman loves this. Oh, he's distracted. Sorry. Um, hopefully, there is. A, you know, it does show the cool sides of New York City. Like I've, I've had friends who have done the marathon, mm. and they say the marathon is really cool because every mile there's bands and, and there's a theme that you run past, and so the the kind of uh, the people in New York actually really get behind the race. Now this is first year event, so I don't imagine they're going to get the kind of New York marathon crowds. But if they can build a pretty amazing event in long term, who knows what it could become? So. You know, as someone was saying, you know, it has to start somewhere, and you know, like maybe, hopefully, as the race builds, maybe they can change the course so it is more iconic. I think it's great. I mean, I'm I'm happy for them, and I'm happy for the people racing. But for me, doesn't doesn't. doesn't. So I would do it. Yeah, yeah, I would. I, and partly because I've never been to New York, and I think yeah. it'd be cool to go to New York, have a race there, and then spend some time there because everyone seems to talk. Have you been to New York? No. Everyone says it's amazing. I'm sure it is. Yeah, there's a song about it. Yeah, there's a few songs actually. Yeah. You've farted again, have you? No, I haven't actually. I farted <laughs> before John came today. I did this fart. You know, sometimes you do a fart that's like really bad yes, and like yes. it just lingers for a long time. And John and I just did it just before he came in. And I heard the knock at the door. I was like, oh no. Mm, yeah. And so I warned him. Yes. And he took his time and you didn't get any, did you? 
I did so get oh, some. Did you? Oh, sorry about that. Plenty of it. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. I thought I did a good job. Okay, then uh, this week's discussion, John. This week, a good question of the week will be: Where's the best place to live? For, oh, so this comes from John the Hancock. John the Hancock. <laughs> the Mountain Tail Hancock. And he's saying because he listened to the Alistair Brownlee interview last week, and he was saying how it's interesting listening to that interview to notice how much Alistair put on. The fact of where he was brought up and the mm-hmm. systems that are in place in that area. And the scenery and stuff. For and the scenery, yeah. So a great training place, good people to train with and good systems in place. So John Hancock, the mountain snail, mm-hmm. is asking, where do you think the best train place to train for triathlon or live for triathlon is and why? And let's not everybody say Boulder. <laughs> well, what if it, it is? say Boulder. But what if it is? It's not. It's Christchurch is the best place to well, train. Well, not right now. It is so. How's your training going? It's great. How's the swimming going right now? swimming this morning. Where'd you go? Jelly Park. Oh, Close yeah. to Kiwi too. Is it? Yeah. It took me 20 minutes to get there. So has that been a lifetime mistake you've made? Kiwi too is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Jelly Park's only 25, isn't it? Yes. Uh, yeah. It's good. So anyway, that's How many people there? Is it chocker in the morning now? Uh, you can swim outdoor in the middle of winter if you want to 50 meter yeah, do you? I did not I was pretty I was quite keen to this morning but anyway the question is are uh, many people doing it yes lots really yes in their weddies uh, yes but people aren't in the weddies yeah the people are not in weddies this morning it was really like, outside yeah yeah. it's pretty cold right now it's pretty cold that's a stupidity that is Where's the best place in the world to, uh, for triathlon training and why? And maybe maybe it's a little, a good maybe a little add on to that is where would be the best place to hold an Ironman race it up. That's a totally different question. Well, they can add that on as well. <laughs> no, it's not. Okay, well, that's next week's topic. <laughs> totally hey, 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 listen up, everybody. You can still do it. I won't tell Bevan. <laughs> it's a totally... It's like, oh. It's a shocker. Thank you very much. We need some music because we've got a new section coming up. Oh, right, he's going to love this. This will be the first time ever. Okay, here's some music. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Because you've got a name for it, but I want to change it. Okay. Okay, so tell us what this, this is going to be about first. It's uh, Torsten's Corner was what I was going to call it. Yeah, and, 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 and why? What's going to happen in this corner? He's going to talk about uh, his website, and he's done some additions based on my recommendations. Oh, right. so that's why he gets his yes. corner, because yeah. he does what you say. Yeah. <laughs> it's Jump. as simple as Jump. that. How high, sir? How high? Higher. <laughs> so I think we should call it the Geek Out Corner, brought to you by Thorsten. Torsten. Torsten. Yes, okay, that's fine. The Geek Out Corner, because he liked the geek. Yeah. Yeah, so the Geek Out Corner, brought to you by Torsten. There you go. Not Thorsten. No, no, Torsten. Torsten. And his website is tryrating.smartsoftware.de. So what has he done, John, that you love so much? So what I was saying the other day is um, who would be statistically the best athletes in the world. Because Torsten factors in how hard the course is, the strength of the field. Um, and so it means, you know, whatever race you go on around the world, um, this is going to give you a pretty good indication of who's the best. And I like what he's come up with. Uh, okay, so what he's done is basically, oh, look at this, John. Okay, oh, but he didn't put my name here. Come on, Torsten, get in, all right? In a recent discussion on IM Talk uh, about the Kona rating prompt, John, to ask me to do a top 10 ratings, I'm not totally happy with the races that I've evaluated, most notably Austria, Switzerland are missing, which may lead to some shifting around. But I think the general top 10 is quite stable, so I've decided that to take the bait and punch. 
publish the rankings and a little discussion. If you want to have more detail, look at the individual race results, choose top 10 ratings from the menu link. So he has ranked uh, number one, Andreas Raylert, uh, at 8.19.98. So this sort of averages out all their races and factors and coefficients and stats. So uh, Andreas Raylert first, Chris McCormick second at 8 hours 20.38, so only 40 seconds behind. Craig Alexander next, he's about two minutes back. Nico Lanos, Timo Brach, Rasmus Henning, Marino Van Holenacker, Faris Al Sultan, Dirk Bockel, and Cameron Brown. I think that's a pretty solid top 10. Is there anyone he's missing? Uh, I couldn't think of anybody. Um, so if we look at who was in the top few at Kona last year, you had Maka, Ray Lert, Van Honecker, who was third. Van Honecker probably would move up this because he says he hasn't um, included all of the Austria races, so I'd say Marino may move up a little bit because he's won that race about a gazillion times. Uh, and then we had Crowey. Um, can't remember who sort of yes, But he's saying that. basically, if you read it a little bit afterwards, that the top three are basically on, on par, and if anything, the only reason Andreas got a little bit ahead of Mecca was because the EG beat him in Germany, mm-hmm. which which kind of thing, well, but Mecca then beat him in Kona. Yeah, but not by very much, whereas uh, he beat so him by, time, by quite a bit. Okay. So it's, it's very close. You know, there's only 40 seconds in it there, so I think that's um, a, a good a good ranking. Well, it's interesting if you go to the female side of things, he's got Chrissy well above everyone else, which is understandable, but basically 20 minutes ahead of anyone else. And that's what you'd sort of. So you got, you got Chrissy, you got Marinda. So she's rated an eight fifty seven. Uh, Yvonne's down third. Rebecca Keat, Carolyn Stephan. So I would have thought Rebecca Keat may start tumbling down. She hasn't had any. She, I mean, she had that sensational year the year we went and did uh, wrote, which was what two thousand and. Yeah, when was that? Two thousand. I said eight. Eight, something like that. Um, mm. So I think she's going to go. Interesting. She's got um, Karen. Th- got Karen Thurig there in six. She often doesn't perform sensationally well in. Kona, um, but does very well at say I mean Switzerland. Kat Morrison, I think, will start moving up that list. Sandra yeah, she's, she's been eighth. solid, solid, hasn't she? Sam McGlone's still in there at ninth, so like, she hasn't really raced um, amazingly since um, for for a couple of years. Um, and Amy Marsh in there at tenth. So yeah, again, um, it, just trying to think. It's it's not a, it's it's a bit of a science, but isn't it? It's not. Well, it's, this is the best ranking system that I've seen yep. in terms of other ones. They try to do points and all that based on races, but this is basically trying Purely to fa- results. factor in how hard the course is, how how strong the competition is. So I think it's. Um, but I suppose the thing is, do. like, like I love Brownie, but I don't know if he'd be top ten right now. Well, uh, yeah, no, I think he would be. I mean, you could once you get down to that level, you could probably debate it a bit, and it'd be interesting to see. You know, it's pretty close. Like, there. like pots, pots potentially, but. Um, once you get down there, look, the times are pretty close. You know, you've got eight, you've got, say, Timo uh, in fifth in 8.27, and Brownie's ranked 10th in 8.33. So it's all pretty close. Yeah. Um, but I like the look of it. I think he's done a, a fine job. Okay, then. Uh, that's very good. So that's uh, the Geeky Out Corner brought to you by Thorsten. Yes. Okay, love your work. Um, what else do you have on there? Sorry. Uh, if you got to mention one other thing, John wanted to get an idea of how the KPR would look if it was switched to a two-year rotation. Oh. I plan to do this at least part way later in the year, basically after the summer racing season, but before the final slots are handed out. So um, we'll look forward to that yes, with uh, bated breath. Yes, it was, that was a pretty high jump there, Thorson. You did well. Yes. Yes, you should give him some praise. Excellent work, Torsten. It, it's good. Rounding up nutrition, no, John. we'll skip it. We'll oh. what's, what's our time? What are we time? What's our time looking like? 35. Okay. We only did like 20 minutes. Of 20 okay. Minutes. Yeah. Okay. Rounding up nutrition. 
We've had lots of questions, uh, not lots of heaps of questions, but quite a few comments about the series of interviews we've done on uh, nutrition of late. And I think it's been a really good series, and it's, I think it's got us all thinking. Um, we have had. If, you, both- if you're new to the show, you think that's what we're all about, really, wouldn't it? If you only just started listening to I Am Talk, you'd be thinking, geez, these guys really love nutrition. So we've had feedback, especially on the paleo diet. You know, some guys um, have been saying it's working fantastically for them others are saying they're struggling with the carbs um, we've had feedback on the metabolic efficiency some people saying that's great other people saying it's just completely yeah, got, screwed them up we got an email through from someone who was sending a link through to who's the big guy who wears white um Chawborns and Bali yeah he, he had a big write up on there was on um, on I didn't read it but Triathlete magazine and he goes he, he sort of tried all sorts of things in terms of uh you know, not eating and training, doing water only stuff, and he's he's played around with it a little bit. So they, to have a read of Did that, you on read Triathlon, it? yeah, had a bit of a browse through. What was the so conclusion? Just, just that people read it. It was a little while ago, so you have a read of that. But really, I think um, for me, the the things I think that hopefully everybody's taken out of it is um, in the past we had shoved down our throat, you know, carbs, 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 carbo loading, um, eating heaps of pastas, and and probably there has been far too much focus on going nut bar on carbohydrates and I think the, probably the one thing I hope people take out of this is we do need to just shift away from that a little bit um, carbs are still incredibly important but I think most of us will probably put our hand up and say we probably don't eat enough fruit and vegetables and that's probably the one shift that I'm certainly I think Gerald made. Smith rounded up he said in email, he said Marathon talked to an interview with a guy called Matt Dixon which is all very similar stuff that we've been covering recently but he's saying he, he three common principles seem to be coming across uh, feel your training well Fill your recovery well with plenty of carbs and some protein. Eat more fruit and veg, uh, proteins and fats at other times during the day. Mm. Mm. So and I, I, We've had quite a few questions about, because I've been doing it, I did the paleo diet, and admittedly I only did it for two weeks because in the end of the day I just decided, eh. and, um And I think there's a few things I found. A, I've never done a diet. Have you ever right. done a diet? Uh, not, not to the letter, like not, not bomb. Yeah, the rules and you stick yeah. it to them. And, and, and it made me realise why dieting works because if you're you know because this audience here we are disciplined people so if there's a diet we'll stick to it you know and and i was you know so i kind of stuck to it for two weeks and and if anything i i the problem for me is i don't want to lose weight Mm. and so i'm trying to eat so much food to make sure i wasn't losing weight and but what it did is it did give me discipline around some things where i'm normally weak Mm. and so and and i wasn't really to be at the end day i didn't want to lose 100 carbs. I did think I need to reduce some things, so mm-hmm. I reduced some things, but I really just worked out a, a probably a better formula of my overall mix of eating. So I've introduced a little bit more fruit and and taken away a little bit more of your breads and stuff. Mm. And so overall, I've probably made a small adjustment to some of the areas that I'm eating in. And um, so, I suppose, what's the benefit for me? I, I think it's just made me realise that sometimes it's just good to have some rules in place, you know, instead of going for you know. A muffin. I have a lot of those kind of muffins, those fruit mm-hmm. nut muffins. Instead of having those, you know, just grab some fruit. And so, in some ways, it's good. But to be honest, I don't feel any different. I didn't feel any physically different by eating those foods. Like, you know, when you read Rob Wolf's book, I read his book, and he's like, oh, you know, you try it and you feel so much different. And Millie said, you try it for a month, but I didn't feel any different. I think if somebody went from a really crap diet, to doing something like that, they would feel a lot better. But that's the thing is, like, I've been reading some other books right now, and one book was saying that, like, every diet pr- has been proven to work. Pretty much every diet out there works. Mm. It's just that most people eat really poorly, and so you give them a guideline, and if they stick to it, they're going to have they're going to notice massive change. And whereas for me, you know, I I eat really well before, and I definitely had my weaknesses, but 
and if you know the, the lesson I took from this is just have some better rules around my weaknesses, mm-hmm. and and maybe just change a little bit of the carb side of things a little bit, but you know like I didn't want to lose weight, and you know so it was just it was just interesting. Mm. Mm. So eat lots more fruit and vegetables, and you'll be fine. Yeah, and a bit of protein. And, and I did like I did like Gordo's message of trying to have a bit of protein with every meal. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So I didn't have enough protein with every meal, so it's probably the, so I was probably a bit more protein with meals and a bit more fruit, mm-hmm. more fruit because I had a lot of veg anyway. So, mm-hmm. yep. Rock on. Okay. Sponsor. Sponsor. Basically, Extreme Endurance we brought, uh, brought <laughs> yeah, this interview to you. Um, Timo Bracht is an Extreme Endurance athlete, but as you'll hear in the interview, been using a couple of years. If you want to get on it, go to xendurance.com and use the code IAMTALKIA. I think it's a 20% discount and uh, get on it. Make sure your muscles stay a lot less sore and recover a lot quicker and buffer their lactic acid. So here's Timo. The sound quality is um, a bit average, um, yeah. so just bear with it. But it's really good that we've got a bit of a European influence coming on to the show. We try to do that, but obviously we've got the language barrier. Um, yeah, but he was great, wasn't he? But he's great. Like a real nice so. guy. Okay, here's Timo. Um, so on today's show, we're very happy to have uh, one of the German rock stars of the Iron Rock Man star. World. Yes, uh, Timo Bracht. Welcome along to the show, Timo. Welcome to New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Timo, you've, you've had uh, a fantastic career so far. You know, you've won uh, Ironman Germany or the European Champs a couple of times. You've won Arizona. Uh, you've won Ironman Lanzarote. Um, you know, in terms of this season so far, we know you uh, won Lanzarote earlier in the season. I think you were about 10th or something, or 9th or 10th in uh, Abu Dhabi. Um, how has the season been for you so far um, from your perspective? Yeah, after the, the race last year in at Hawaii, uh, I had a break two, two weeks and I thought about a new season uh, and I made a decision uh, to have more races uh, due to the winter time here in Europe. <clears throat> that means I, I raced in Arizona uh, and I had a really good race six weeks after Hawaii. You said I won the race, yes, it's right with course record. Yeah. And in the, in early March this year, after six weeks training, I traveled to Abu Dhabi and had a nice week with the family and a lot of uh, great uh, professional athletes. Uh, and the race um, yeah, was horrible. It was uh, <laughs> seven hours with 50 uh, degrees Celsius and a lot of sun and uh, sand and wind. But it was a good test early in the season for Lanzarote. And four weeks ago, uh, yeah, a, a dream came, came through uh, with the win in Lanzarote. Uh, also with course record, like in Arizona last year or two years ago in, in Frankfurt. So, the, the, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good uh, at this day in Lanzarote. Uh, I was alone the whole, the whole day and I battled uh, against the elements. Uh, and it was a a race uh, like the early years in, in triathlon for me, not a race uh, against other athletes, uh, more a race against myself. With with Lanzarote uh, this year, the prize money was quite low and the, the points were quite low as well. So what motivated you to go there? Yeah, that's a, a good question. Uh, <laughs> My wife asked me that too <laughs> uh, uh, after she saw uh, the price money is so less. So, but uh, Lanzarote was not about uh, the money for me. It was more a decision from my heart. So I trained there uh, totally one year, the last eight years. Uh, so in winter time here in Germany in January, February, March, we traveled 
uh, always to Mallorca or to the Canary Islands. And for me, uh, Lanzarote is a special pr uh, place for training. Uh, when you are there, you you will you will like the island or you will hate it. And I like this island. And so after eight years training, I said now now it's the time to race there uh, to to race against the elements there. And uh, there's a great race director, Kenneth Gask. Uh, uh, we made a little contract, and uh, yeah, then at at May, uh, at the cannon goes off. I was at the at the race, and I thought not about the prize money, and not about the medias, and not about the uh, corner points. I thought, yeah, like the early years in in racing, uh, race so hard as you can. And, and so, what about between um, now and Kona? You know, um, I know a lot of the the German Ironman guys also do races for their club do short course races is that something you you do and something you enjoy and what else do you have planned between now and kona yeah i planned a lot of training i like the german guys yeah. uh, you know we are uh, training monsters and i will be that training monster this summer here back in germany uh, i lived the whole summer um, in my hometown here in eberbach and uh, I, I trained with the little training groups. I invited, I invited uh, for for eight or nine days uh, athletes, uh, mostly from Commerzbank uh, triathlon team. So the last seven days we had here a, a little training camp with Jan Raphael and Horst Reichelt and Norman Stadler, and we trained together. And now that's the plan for the next months: um, training by myself and always meet uh, special training groups here. And racing, yes, it's right. We we made a, we will make a few races of the, on the short distance, uh, mostly hilly, uh, challenging races, no drafting races, and yeah, that's the the, the build up for for Kona. And then in September we plan uh, to go early to to Kona to uh, to train in the heat and then uh, go for the Big Bang. Why why do you feel? Um you know, the sport of triathlon in particular, the long distance Ironman stuff is so popular in Germany. Uh, it's a mix. Uh, you know the race in Ross? Yeah. Uh, uh, in the years 1996 and 1997, I traveled with a with a uh, old bus from my uh, father-in-law in, in to, to the race there and we uh, spent the nights before the race in the bus or at a, at a, at a camping uh, area. And yes, you are uh, there. A fascination about triathlon there, and now it's the second race with Frankfurt and <coughs> Zurich uh, and uh, the France and the race in Klagenfurt. It's it's always really near here from Germany. So you see the races in uh, in the television. You have in a newspaper uh, not only one time per year uh, something about triathlon. So normally every week. Oh, really? There are article about triathlon, so triathlon is a is a sport who is well known at the public um, here in Germany, and yeah, you have a lot of races, mostly in the southern part of Germany. The weather is there really good and well organized races. So uh, yeah, in my hometown there are besides me six athletes who will compete in, in Ironman races this summer it's it's crazy so last year it was four and the year before it were two and ten years ago I was the only man who made Ironman races and now we are uh, next year we're nearly ten people who, who are racing in Ironman so 
uh, when you see this in the whole Germany, you can uh, yeah Im- imagine how how the sport is growing here. So, so with that in mind, how exciting was it for you to win Ironman Germany? Yeah, first time 2007, it, it was a great feeling because I had a, a lot of pressure. There was non-startler Faris Al-Sultan, both won the Ironman Hawaii the years before. Yeah. And I was in a little bit underdog there. Uh, and to win this race uh, for my sponsor, Commerzbank, and with this crowd, with 100,000 people at a... At a, at a river mine uh, on the running course and we had six hours live uh, TV in German national TV RAD. So uh, after this race, um, a lot of people in Germany knows who is Timo Bracht and a lot of people knows who are my sponsors and yeah, that was uh, really not only great feeling about the win, so more great feeling uh, for the for the whole uh, for my whole career, like uh, in business terms, so yeah, yeah, was the starting of uh, the second career in my my life. And in two thousand nine, I won against Maka and Andreas Rehlert and the finishing time was under eight hours. Yeah, and with the marathon in two forty two, yeah, it was more about uh, the race. So two years after, I yeah, I, I pointed out that I can win the race uh, in under eight hours. Wow. And so you've, you've done fantastic races in Germany and, and other races around the world. You've had some really good results in Kona, but what is it going to take for you to, to get on the podium and, or to take the win in Kona? Yeah, after the, the races here in Frankfurt in July or in August, <clears throat> so it's, it's really, uh, you have not so much time between this race in, in Frankfurt and the race in, in Hawaii. Yeah. And since the, since nine years, since 2002, I finished every Ironman race in summer in the top three. Wow. So uh, that means I had a, a good training a base period in the, in the first half of the year. But after the, the big Ironman race in summertime, I struggle a little bit because it's normal you need rest uh, and uh, I want to do Ironman a, a couple of years more. So... Uh, I need rest after an Ironman race, and then only I have four or five weeks for for Kona, and often it was uh, not not it was too less for me, and uh, Kona was every year a hard race uh, with tough conditions, and yeah, perhaps I, I raced not one on hundred one hundred percent performance on this day and mostly I had a little bit more uh, safe race in Kona I want to to finish the race perhaps in the top 10 and in Frankfurt I want not only to finish the race uh, I want to win the race and I think that's a mental difference and this year uh, for Kona um, yeah I go for this I go go for the win so so you, you are saying that in previous years Kona actually wasn't your number one goal uh, y- yes, uh, normally it's the number one goal, but for my sponsors here in Germany, Frankfurt is really a big race. And I see all the media stuff and the newspapers and the TV uh, shows. And if you win Kona, it's it's perfect here in Germany. You are a, a star. You are with Sebastian Vettel in the TV show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
but if you're not win Kona, uh, it's not so so good. But when you win Frankfurt, I think to win Frankfurt is better better to than you when you're second in Kona. So uh, that was my aim the last years to to show here in Germany who who I am, who is Timo Bracht, and um, what means uh, Timo Bracht uh, in in the sport and. Uh, and in Kona, it's it's often yeah. I, I struggle a little bit with the conditions too. Yeah. And I had good races there, but not this perfect race and not this perfect uh, build up for for Kona because it's six weeks or seven weeks training. It's not so much. So so you're saying that this year you're going to make Kona your main focus, not so much Ironman Germany. What do you change to be successful? Well, you know, to be more successful in Kona than what you have in the past. Yeah, you can ask me this in November. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you often uh, think that can work for you, but in the end, uh, perhaps it's not working. And in triathlon, it's always a little bit of experiment. So uh, I like this in the sport because it's, you cannot plan everything. Mm. But uh, my plan is uh, to do another Ironman race in summertime. First time uh, since 10 years or 11 years. So I had uh, really more training. I think totally I have to, on the bike 3,000 kilometers more and on the run uh, nearly 1,000 kilometers more training in my legs. And that's that's the main uh, change between the last years and this year's. Okay, I remember Lanzarote, it was in May, <clears throat> but May is not, not July. Yep. So I, I'm training since 10 days on 100% level. Uh, yesterday I had a really good test. We had a 6K swim and a 120K bike ride with a, a brick session with 20K run, all in Ironman pace, and I felt good the whole day. It rains the whole day. <laughs> it was really tough, but um, yeah. Uh, now I'm in the in a in a good preparation uh, for the next weeks and yeah that's the most uh, difference. And one of the obviously um, Extreme Endurance are one of your sponsors. How long have you been using Extreme Endurance and and what sort of a difference has it made to your training? Yeah, mostly with my sponsors I have a long term partnership <clears throat> because it, mostly it's more than a sponsorship. Uh, I said that's a partner or mostly a friends of, of, of myself and of my my lifestyle <clears throat> and with Extreme Endurance I had a really good uh, partnership since 2009 in the beginning of 2009 I struggled a little bit with my with my uh, with illness and soreness and these things um, yes and I used the products uh, since then it was uh, there are safe products I had a lot of drug testing with the Comatsbank uh, triathlon team we have our own drug test program and with the WTC program so for me it's 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 very important that uh, the products are safe and the products are, are working really good for me yes I, <laughs> I won a, a few Ironman races always with course records and yeah I, I felt pretty good uh, I'm over 13 now so uh, it's not so easy every morning to go out of the bed but uh, it's okay. It's it's perfect. I'm uh, yeah. I'm on the run. <laughs> so, um, what, what's the um, with with you know there are so many strong German Ironman triathletes. 
What's the rivalry like between the German athletes? Uh, I don't understand the, the oh, right, right. Um, what's the relationship like do you all get along or you know you know because there's so many good human um, yeah uh, I think the relationship is, is pretty good there's a difference between the, the short course athletes and the long course athletes so uh, like Jan Frodeno or Stefan Justus Mike Petzold we know each other but uh, we, we see us not often in the year and the, the long course athletes like Andreas Reilhardt, Thomas Hellriegel, Lothar Leder, Sebastian Kienle, uh, yeah, we live all in the uh, in the southern part of Germany, and so we see us often in, in training races and in the the preparation in the beginning of the season, uh, especially in January we were three weeks in Fuerteventura and there were. Uh, 20 or 25 top German pro athletes who are training there. We met us every morning at 7.30 for a 10 to 15k uh, uh, easy easy uh, run. So the relationship is, is pretty good and I think uh, we know uh, that uh, Everybody are in in good shape in the in the in the big races. So we're pushing each other a little bit, and especially with Andreas Relat, who who are really fast on the run. Uh, for me, it's it's good because I know how to do how to train hard, and yeah, it's put it's push uh, each other. Yeah, nice. Well, we're we're looking forward to seeing you in Kona this year. It could be uh, could be a big year for the Germans with the the Raylerts, yourself along with all the other regulars. Um, so, yeah, we're looking forward to seeing you over there and um, all the very best for the rest of your season and, uh, yeah, look forward to seeing you in Kona. Bring it on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Interesting about that interview, and, and you can kind of see that I kind of got interested as we're doing it, was that, that he was more motivated to win Germany mm-hmm. than to win Kona. And I think the key point that he made was, was winning, winning Germany is better than finishing second in Kona. Yeah. Um, because you because of the exposure so yeah like um i think sometimes we probably don't quite appreciate how big a race germany is you know it is probably was well, number two isn't it number two behind yeah. kona and when brownie won it a few years ago like people were, oh he's won i mean germany but you know that was a big deal for him yeah um so financially as well it's awesome. just, just to take a bit of a back step i mean new york city has got a hundred thousand dollars prize money oh yeah but that's probably mm. shifting though from where it's it had, u.s champs now it was in texas this year and they yeah. had money yeah, so, so Texas won't be the US champs anymore. I guess not. No. Um, okay, so, yeah, I, I found it really interesting. It was interesting that it's just, I suppose we, from the outside, we go, well, you know, everyone should be going to Kona to win Kona. Mm. And, you know, athletes do have to make business decisions, oh, don't totally. they? You know, and Timo obviously looked and thought, well, A, we're financially and for my, my career, what is the best thing that I can do? And he went, well, actually, I want to win Ironman Germany and, and, you know, proved to be a pretty good you know, mm. decision because it sounds like it opened up a lot of doors for him. And in Germany, like you were saying, like when we went to Germany, they, they love the triathlon and they have it on mainstream TV and they have like an Ironman on mainstream TV, you know, like six hours. You'd never get that in New Zealand and we love triathlon as well. Yeah. And they, and they have, it's not just Ironman, they have Olympic distance. It, it helps a lot when you've had several Kona winners. Um, yeah. You've got the current Olympic champion. Um, and they've just got those, so many iconic races. You've got Ironman Frankfurt, which is in a big city. Um, you've got Rote, which is not a big city, but it's, it's an iconic race. You've got the Hamburg Round of the World Championship Series. Um, and just so many races over there. It's um, 
it's you know they've got the prestigious Bundesliga, um, all the top kahunas are racing there, so there's just so much going on. Yeah, it's pretty great. So uh, yeah, so if you want to check out his website, it's timobrack.de. So thanks for coming on the show, Timo. And remember, he used Extreme Endurance, so you want to check it out. Get some Extreme Endurance from xendurance.com. That's right. Okay, John. Uh, skip that. Skip there. that. Okay, we'll put some music on, John. Here's some music. Coach's Corner. I don't really back you up on Coach's Corner. Yeah, Do you want me to? I'm okay with that. You alright? Yep, I'm okay. Because okay, I'm here if you need me. It's fine. That's how we roll. What are we talking about, John? James Botel, the wise one. James, the wise one. Didn't Botel, he's got a question. Hey, Bevan. Oh, yeah, I'll do it because it's, it's us <laughs> yes, for me, okay. not you. Because yeah. he knows you don't respond. <laughs> <laughs> Questions for John. Here we go. What relationship, given similar conditions, should a fresh marathon have with an Ironman marathon? And the same question for a half distance as well, e.g. half marathon versus a marathon fresh. Just trying to find a way to validate my balance, how to balance my efforts between bike and run through these metrics, which would be right, which would be the right comparison. So I'm going to focus on, on the Ironman side of things here. Um, and as a ballpark figure, you generally use 30 minutes, plus or minus about 10 minutes. So... It varies quite a bit from athlete to athlete. Um, so we're talking about going from a marathon. A fresh marathon. To doing an Ironman marathon. Yeah. So, so if you're doing a three hours, you're saying you'll come somewhere between probably 3.15 to 3.30. Probably more like Ideally. 3, 3, 3.20 to 3.40, okay. anywhere in that range. So if I look at myself, for example, you know what, I ran 2.36 um, at Auckland. 2.36? Isn't it? No. It yeah, 2.38. Was it? Yeah. 2.38. Yeah, because yeah. Albert, you didn't go fast. You went a little bit faster than Albert, and he beat you. Damn it! Yeah, well, anyway. nice try, but <laughs> two thirty-eight. Um, and wrote, I uh, ran three hours flat, so twenty-two minutes. If you look at say the best guys in Kona, you know someone like um, Crowy and that they're running say about two forty, low two forties. And if they were to run a marathon in Kona, like if they were to run a fresh marathon in somewhere else, they might run quicker. But you know, if they were to run it in Kona. Probably I would have thought about 220. That's a random question as a side note. Why is it that we don't see guys outside of Kona doing, you know, 235 in Ironman? It's a very good question. And yeah, like you, you kind of think, well, like, why hasn't Crowey? Mm. Well, he hasn't raced anywhere else, so that's probably one yeah, reason. That's, that's probably right. But, <laughs> but, you know, like, you get the fast runners, uh, Pete Jacobs. Yeah. You know, like, they do, they do Kona, they're pulling up and they're doing a one, you know, 241. Mm. So why isn't he has to go, you know, the conditions in Kona... Incredibly yeah, tough. Yeah, why um, isn't it that we aren't seeing those types of speeds in other races? It's a very good question, and yeah. I don't have the answer for okay, it. Okay, um, I'd, I'd like to know what the course record is in Rote. I don't actually know. So... So that and and it, and it seems to transcend fairly well across age groupers. I haven't quite worked out if you're doing like five or six hours for the marathon and nine man. I'm not quite sure if it transcends there, but it's a basically that's a ballpark figure um, around about thirty minutes. I think the first thing you've got to do is then you've got to figure out um, what is your best marathon because you may not be doing um, lots of marathon running and so trying to figure out what that sort of magical best case scenario is for your marathon and this is where I think the Jack Daniels formula comes in yes he's really scientific about it isn't yeah. he yeah and that's crunching a huge amount of data and so what you can do there is if you've got a, a good 10k time or a good half marathon time you can go into the Jack Daniels um, formula you find it on the internet and you we'll put it on actually link to it here so I'll put it on www.imtalk.me and you put it in there and you can say say, for, say you run a 120 for a half marathon and it'll say right um, for you best case scenario for a marathon is probably whatever 245 yep. 250 whatever yep. um, so that gives you the baseline saying look 
that's what I can do for fresh marathon because you may not go out and do one and then sort of work it work it out from there. So if for example your best case scenario for marathon is three hours, then yep. ballpark you're going to be three thirty if you have a great run. There's so many other factors go into it: fueling yeah, yourself yeah. well on the bike, pacing yourself correctly on the bike. But what I think that will do for you is it'll give you a realistic best case scenario run and this is where a new patent I'm going to put out trademark John's factor 3 plan whoa back it up here we go have you got the website no, but I should get do. the domain today. Do, do, well, I won't put the show out till you've got the domain. Okay. Yep. So John's, John's factor, factor three plan. plan, and this basically um, is what I advise most athletes that I coach in terms of whether it's a marathon, whether it's a half marathon, whether it's an Ironman marathon, whether it's any sort of running race, is dividing the race into the, into into thirds. So Bev, I'm boring Bevan's off. He's putting Ooh. in a big yawn here. So basically, first third of the run. You set yourself a speed limit, um, and so you figure out. Okay, but let's go. Okay, so let's say okay, three hours, and worst case, well, if you're basing it at the higher end, it's three forty. Do you do you, you know? So you're saying it could be anywhere around thirty minutes to, from three twenty to three forty. Do you cut in that first part? Do you set it at three and a half? Do you set yep. it at three forty, or do you set it at three twenty? Three thirty. Um, so basically, you go right, uh, and <laughs> this is again ballpark figures, but I'd say three thirty, and you go right. Work out my K pace or mile pace for 3:30 for the first third of the run. Don't you just don't go quicker than that. Okay. No matter how good you feel, you just don't go quicker. So than it's, that. it's a it's a controlled mechanism. Yeah. It's not a target. It's a limit. So you don't yeah. go across it. If you feel like going a bit slower and you feel that that's right, then then fine. But you just don't go across it. In the middle third of the run, um, then you can if you're feeling fit, sensational, then you pick it up a bit and then you bring it home with whatever you've got in the last third. So when you say middle third, what does pick it up a bit mean? Well, then you sort of go on feeling, because the reason why I set it this way is um, so many of all of us, and, and this may be Feel another great. point, no, all of us are pretty inexperienced at Ironman racing. Yep. You and I, we've done quite a few, but six, seven, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's why I think it's sometimes dangerous to take advice from some of the top pros. You know, Someone like Marinda Carfrey, she's done what? Two or three Ironmans, yeah. um, and I'm not using her. Just using her example, Andy Potts, someone like that, probably only done four or five. Only the people like Macca have done lots of Ironmans. Yeah. Crowey's done say four. So taking advice from some of the top pros um, is not necessarily a good thing. Taking advice from people who've done. But hey, take advice from John. Take advice from three. Back the three plan. <laughs> but the reason why I do it this way is um, you don't want to leave yourself too much work to do, say in the last 10k. Um, so the reason, so if you control that first third, you're not going to be blowing up. You're not going to go and kill yourself. So you left so yourself I, enough of the race that if you have gone a bit easier, maybe you've estimated a little bit low. You've left yourself plenty of time where you can still pick up enough time. So when we're out. saying picking up in that middle third, is it like a five percent increase, or is it just well, purely how you're feeling? More how you feel, but you don't want to go crazy on it. So say for example, your pace is going to be five minute case. Yep. Um, if you go through the first third and you just you're just thinking this is a joke, this is pathetically yep. easy. Then you might drop to say four fifties or something, yeah. and then the la- if, you, if you've got more energy in the last third, then maybe you drop a bit further. Okay. Um, but really, I think the key thing is is to control that first third, no quicker than best case scenario, which often will feel pretty, which will often feel pretty damn easy. Okay. Um, so I suppose one question I have is I've got lots of questions for you on this because okay. I want to make sure you patent it right. Yes. <laughs> is um, what about people who are doing fourteen hours? You know, because you're saying half an hour, okay, well, it's all good if I'm a three-hour runner, mm. but let's be honest, most people listening to the show are going to be more around, you know, 12 to 14, mm-hmm. so, and they may be taking more four to five hours for the run, is it always going to be that still add half an hour to your marathon time, or the slower you are, do you more add more? I think, no, I think basically that half hour should be about right across 
the majority of the field. If you are getting out to that sort of six hours of marathon, the John Factor 3 plan has not been tested extensively oh, on that. Yeah, can we get some test bunnies, please? But I would say anywhere from, say, three to, say, four and a half hours, yep. I, I think it, it should work pretty well. Are you writing a book? No, I'm not. You should I, be. I could do, yeah. yes. So, yeah, 30 minutes plus or minus 10. If you are, so it can, could go out to 40. If you're getting, um, if you're with inside 20 minutes of your marathon time, should something like, marathon. You, should, should be yeah. running, you haven't calculated correctly because you shouldn't be that close. Um, if you're more than 40, then something I think has gone askew and you've either haven't paced it correctly, you haven't got your nutrition right. So it really just gives you, the key thing is it means the first third of the run, you're probably not going to go too quick. Okay. And then you can go for gold. That is the factor three plan. And at the end of the day, the last third is always going to be tough, no matter what. In totally. Night. You know, it's more about the mental game than what you can physically do at that time. Okay, then, uh, John's factor three plan. Mm. Wow, man, we could even do a t-shirt and stuff. I've got an idea for you I need to talk to you about after the show, okay. actually. Yes. Nice. And a new idea. Um, we need to talk about Athlinks. I need to pop that email there. Athlinks.com. Athlinks.com. Troy sent us through an email, and I'm going to try to find it. You talk, John. And we're also going to see who, who ra- who's racing Ironman France this weekend. Oh, we don't, okay. We don't, you... don't want to love... Uh, we, we love all the Americans, but we don't talk about American races all the time. Not all the time, John. We want to, we want to click on that link there, um, and also maybe that one there. But one of the things they're doing at Athlinks um, in the coming week is uh, they're just upgrading the add a race function to make it a little bit smoother and a little bit uh, bit of a simpler interface. And the other thing that I really want to encourage people to do is um, add your equipment to your profile. So if you're not a big contributor to the show, you guys know who the people who send in lots of emails and stuff, and we love all that stuff, and we know the people that donate. But if you want to do a small contribution for the show, it's just to keep your Athlinks um, status up to date. They're obviously a, a long-term sponsor of the show, so um, just get on there, join the groups that you're associated with. You know, join I am Talk, add in a little bit of gear, and you're away laughing. So, oh, my door, John. So I'm. Oh, I don't know how to use these damn Max, but I'm in France. Is coming up this weekend. Um, Daniel McPhee's racing first crack at this distance. They're just looking to finish with a steady effort from gun to tape. Jason Davis is. I'm back. Jason Davis. We have, we have a pause there. Jason Davis racing. Andrew Curtis, Gary Pitcher. It's my first Ironman, so primary target is to get the finish line. I expect the marathon to be a world of pain, but if I can do it in 3:45, I'll be happy. Just, just use, yeah, oh, yeah. Yep. just use the the, the 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 factor three plan. You'll be fine. Oh, nice, Juan, Juan, Escobar. Nice. Just finish strong. Factor three plan. And get a mention on I Am Talk by my friends John and Bevan. You made it. George, th- George Gray, who else we got up there? I think that was about it, no, because that one only had a couple on it. George Gray, Colette Albert, and Douglas Hartman. Nice work. Nice, good times rock and roll, John. Good times rock and roll. So, athletes.com, check it out, put your gear on there, and also, what's the other thing? Join uh, groups. Join the groups. Okay, uh, next, we've done all spots, haven't we? Yep. Okay, next piece of news, John. Questions and answers. Got time for question and answers or not? Uh, 52 plus 20 yeah why not yeah. we'll fly through them um, Joe Carrot good old Joe Carrot good pro good friend of the show mm-hmm. her madman Steve Lord she was just saying that they're actually doing the distribution of the DVD for a paper camp yes so going long going hard um, which is a, a great name oh yeah right. <laughs> just, uh, just make sure you get, Joe make sure if you're putting it up on any websites to get classified under the right <laughs> sports section please 
Um, but great DVD. But as with anything, shipping is sometimes a bit of a pain in the butt. So she's now going to be doing the distribution in the UK. So if you want to get going long, going hard, um, DVD, it's uh, great. It's got interviews with Melina, with um, Aaron Baker, with John Hallamans, and obviously covers the whole camp. It's a good watch, good present as well. So we'll have a link on the website. Actually, it's a good present. It's a good one, John. Nice. You know, because for men, yes, you know, we're hard to buy for. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, Rob has that one. coming up actually soon. Better. But you've so, seen it. So, You're in it. Yeah, I know. But you can get me something else for my birthday. Well, but that's the only thing I can think of to get for a guy. Okay. Well, coffee's of why. Mm. Yeah. Um, Rob has that one. Aruda. Aruda. Um, I'm doing Ironman Louisville in late August. I want to do an Olympic race uh, to work on my speed, but they only have they only have one two weeks before the Ironman. Is that too close to the race? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Pretty straightforward. It's it's not too close if you're going to do it as a training day, as like a moderately hard effort. You know, maybe doing it at um, half Ironman pace. But if you smack down an Olympic distance race, it's going to have reasonable implications for your Ironman. So I wouldn't wouldn't even bother taking the risk. You don't really need speed for an Ironman. Um, what a good good idea would sometimes be to do if for an Olympic distance, go smack the swim, smack the bike, and maybe have a team member do the run, or just have a cruisy run off the bike. Okay, so how far out from an Ironman would you want to do one? Um, maybe four or five weeks. Okay, would be good. Um, I, doing a half Ironman distance race about eight weeks out from Ironman is perfect. Okay, then uh, Tim Tinsley is saying simple question for John. Bearing in mind that the profile of the bike horse at Alpe d'Huez. My current view is that I can uh, take the tri bars off his bike and save some weight, sensible or not. I think for most races around the world that classify themselves as being hilly, um, you still want to have your aero bars on because there's still going to be plenty of flat sections. Haven't raced up to ears, but I looked at the profile and it really does look like basically it is uphill, uh, uphill all the way. There's no, it doesn't really look like there's any flat at so all. Get so get rid of them. If there's no flat, then I'll take them off. Um, well, personally, I wouldn't take them off. I've still, I've still got plenty of room on my handlebars. If it's a weight issue, then I wouldn't bother. I mean, aerobars weigh so little, it's not going to be an issue. If you can get a much better comfortable grip on your handlebars, then it might be um, a, a good justification to take them off because it is so hilly. But if there is reasonable, if there's any valleys or anything like that um, where you are, would be on your aerobars, it is the one biggest thing that's going to save you time. So I'd be a little bit reluctant to take it off unless you don't have a good hand position because there is a lot of climbing. That's the thing, eh? what's the gain? If you take that weight off, does it actually gain you more speed than keeping it on the flat sections? I so. And probably wouldn't. Um, Juan Carlo, the Italian stallion, he just sent through a photo. So I'm just putting that on iamtalk.me this week. Uh, we also got an email through from someone. I can't remember who we sent it through, but thank you for sending it through. Uh, the I Am Talk app got a bit of a write-up at 220 Magazine. In, 220 Magazine UK. And we got, we got an 83%, John. Was that the Oh, that coding you did. Was the, yeah. So that was the app got an 83%. <laughs> yeah, mark. yeah. So they were doing a review on the apps. And to be honest, we have nothing to do with the app. The, the company who, who um, distributes the show for us also do the app so um, but good review so and we have an iPhone app and we have an Android app now yeah and if you want to get them you can go to our website www.imtalk.me I've got a link on the homepage there click on that and, and uh, to be honest I don't really know what it does I think it's, I think it's just an easy way of getting the shows wirelessly because iTunes a lot of your carriers won't let you download podcasts away from, from the iTunes because it's so much data so they restrict some of the things you can get off iTunes which sucks because you pay for the data, you should be able to do what you want to do with it. So true. But let, let's go there, John. Yeah. So what this is, it's a program, so let's say you're away from home and stuff and you can't get to your computer, you can then download 
the show anywhere you are. So and you can get back episodes and stuff like that. And hey, eighty three percent. I'm happy with that. Yeah. With that code, I'm going to give them a zero percent for spelling my name. I know. I did see that. You have got the e. I cannot. Can anybody not get that right? Well, no, but you can see why Newsom. You know how do you spell some? S O M. Or maybe it should be any W S U M. It's not you. It's not other people's fault. It's your family's fault. It is. It maybe is. what you should do is with Thomas, with your kids, give them the E. I might just go to Depot and change the whole bloody family name. I think you should. And lastly, we we actually went on uh, the Coach Chef podcast last week. Uh, he does a lot of podcasting, Coach Chef does. And and I love that he did this. He, he does a podcast. You can go to coachchef.com.au uh, and he does a lot of podcasting around triathlon running and everything. He's got quite a few good podcasts. So check out his podcast. But he did an interview with us purely to help us raise money for Kona. We like that. Which I thought was pretty special. Mm. So Coach Chef, you rock. That's awesome. And also if you want to get us to Kona, rock on. Oh, we've got a quick little sponsor to finish with. Yes, so Bevan and I are now are proud owners of um, R- Rolf Wheels. Um, we've got the issue on wheels I've been riding for a couple of weeks Bevan asked me this morning um, he said have they made, made any difference and perfectly honest I do feel does my speedo is recording a little bit higher than what it was when I had my crappy old trainers on so I'm liking that but I definitely feel a gazillion times better on the hills um, for descending and uh, just getting out of the seat feel I feel a lot safer and a lot more um, a lot more feel to it so it's all looking good they've also just, what we got uh, I haven't opened my box yet, John. No, no. They've also, this is especially for the Christchurch people, um, they've got a new alloy tubular for 599. It's, so a, it's a cycle cross um, tubular, which is really good for Christchurch at the moment. Oh, yeah. Because we've got it holes right now. Just, well, if you go through town, if you're ever in Christchurch, it's fantastic unless you go to the bad areas and then it's. Uh, which is a lot of town. Which is a lot of town. <laughs> but if you stick to certain tides of town, you're fine. But uh, a cyclocross bike would be fantastic at the moment. And they've it just sucks right now because you have to clean your bike every day, don't you? Um, and I'm sure you clean your bike every day. It is, uh, it is pretty, pretty grubby. I've never been that good at looking after my bike. And, and I kind of I accept that it's going to cost me a little bit more to get it maintained. And so uh, the wheels got delivered. Yes, John brought them around yesterday. So I haven't actually taken it out of the box. So I'm going to do that tomorrow. And I take them to the shop. But my bike is going to, it's going to be one of those like $600. Hmm. Oh, I'm not looking forward to it. <sighs> it's tough. My own fault, but I can't blame so, my eyes, John. Take responsibility. Check it out. Um, go to rolfprima.com. And we're going to link to that on www.imtalk.me. They sell hubs. They sell wheels. I've got some accessories. I've got some technical info, John. Nice. We like Ralph that. Prima. Okay, John, the next question is... Yes. Sponsors. Quickly. Athlinks.com. Um, club it. Coffeesofway.com. Um, refer, uh, recur it. Ex-insurance. Bracket. Bracket. Yes. It could almost be like bracket. 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 Okay, John, what's your goss? What is my goss? Uh, we went swimming this morning. Up so, what, so what, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was surprised you guys were going for a swim. We record the show at 7. I know. Up at 4.45. 4.40. Oh, that hurts. Bike to the pool. The, under 5 hurts, I think. Mm. You know, once you get into the 4s, you're in the yeah. middle of the night. Yes, you are. Yeah. Yes. I can do like, 5, no problem. Quite nice biking at 5 o'clock in the morning to the pool. It's about a 20-minute ride to the pool. Jumped in. No one's there. The roads are your own. That's right. Um, had to get out early, so only swam sort of 50, 55 minutes. What are you popping out there? 3K? Something like that, yeah. yeah. Yep, depending on what we what sort of set it is. So it's good to be. Rolly's still taking it? Rolly's there, laying down the smack, but yeah. not laying too much smack this morning, which is nice. Uh, other than that, Bevan, I've got a, the JD, first of the JD duathlons on this weekend. Back it up. Yep. 
entries are already up 40% on last up 40%. year. 40%? Considering everything that's going on, pretty happy about yeah, that. Yeah, that's amazing. So uh, looking forward to that. Hopefully the weather plays ball. And What's the weather? Wait, I'll give you, I'll tell you what's going to happen. It's not looking sensational Oh, 39 nine, nine degrees raining. Yes. <laughs> but long range four passes, crap. Exactly. So, well, so at least hope, it's not Sunday, look at that. Yes. So we're hoping it's going to be okay. I'm away, John. Are you away? Ken was asking whether you were going to come along and do any commentary, but you're away. No, I'm away. Okay, we'll, we'll hook you up with the other races. Yeah, yeah, hook me up. Um, other than that, Bevan, got a... Uh, Are you racing? No, I'm organising. I know, but you can still race. No. Uh. Professional event organiser. He's a very good organiser you are, actually. You walk around, because you, you have this sense of calm about you, John. Right, thank I'm you. sure at moments you feel stressed, mm-hmm. but you don't walk around with those frowning eyebrows. Do you like the... I have the, uh, the megaphone... With yeah, the, he's always with the megaphone hanging around. And, and it's, it's, get out of the way! Sometimes he looks like a bit of a lost chicken, but yeah. but then you know he's still walking around calmly, and I think that's the key. Because yes. you walk around stressed, people go, "Oh, this race isn't going well." Yes. Whereas John, he might be inside hurting, but on the outside, you never know. That's right. It's a beautiful yeah, thing. Cool. That's about all that's happening in my world. I'm uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to my extra hill rep every week now. And the problem is, so we bought a house a while ago, but we had to pull away from it because uh, we weren't happy with the building report. And that was a nice height. Mm. That was perfect, wasn't it? Mm. You know, it was kind of probably a couple minutes of riding uphill. It wasn't yeah. too bad. Yeah. Whereas the new one's just that little bit higher. It's going to be just a steady pace. Um, if you come up Hackthorn Road, it is going to be... You're going to have to come up Hackthorn Road, you're doing more. Oh, it's only you need to drop down a little bit. If, oh, uh, I suppose up, you come around, don't up, you? Yeah. Up Hackthorn, you're looking at uh, it's about, about a six... About a six-minute climb at a reasonable pace. I'm putting another gear on my bike. It, you can do it to five, but if you're cruising up, it'll be seven minutes. Um, and that is at a gradient of around about between eight and ten percent. Yeah. Um, it's not a, not an easy climb. If you come up dyers, probably a little bit shorter, a little bit steeper. Um, yeah, it's interesting for you, isn't it? Because for me, I'll, I'll work I'm from sure that place I'm sure the listeners now. are interested. No, they'll, they'll be fascinated <laughs> because you have to, if you go up dyers... It's probably faster mm. because you don't have to do it better around the bottom. Yes. Whereas you have to go a little bit higher. Mm. It's not that much higher. Probably right. tyres. Yeah, tyres will be it. Tyres for you. I'll be going up Hackthorn. Yeah. Problem is for me is that my life is very kind of coming and going all the time. So like mm. on Thursday I teach three classes at the gym, one at like five in the morning or six in the morning, one at lunchtime and one at dinner time. Mm. So I've got to go up and down the hill like four times that day. Get me strong. Oh, man. Mm. Oh. Yes, scooter. Still your scooter? I blew up. Did it blow up? Bloody good things to happen. What happened to the scooter? Just blew up one day. Did it? You didn't replace it? No. Why not? It was going to cost more than what it was worth to replace it. It only cost a grand to buy it. Yeah, but why didn't you buy a new one? Well, I lost the need. I ride my bike a bit more now. Uh But if you're going to and fro, pretty cheap. Five bucks to fill up, pick a petrol. Do you like skiing, John? I do, but uh, Christchurch skiing season is not happening, is it? It'll be happening soon. Everything is good in Christchurch. We're all good. We're fine. (laughs) There's no problems. <laughs> my brother-in-law Kate is staying with us at the moment he, he turned up last night he's going so, so what do we do if there's a big earthquake <laughs> just just write it just out write it out it's fine well Porno was here last week Sean, the Porno was in Christchurch we actually had a big jam session made some music yeah. and uh, on Monday we might talk about this but he was here and when we had that real big one hit on Monday yeah. I think he's a little bit scared <laughs> yeah I had to hold his hand. <laughs> no, I didn't. But uh, what am I up to this weekend? Joe and I off to Queenstown. Right. Joe's a little bit stressed, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. Gonna go de-stress here. Well, yeah. Boom, chicka, <laughs> boom, wow. No, because I'm, I'm, sometimes I'm not the best partner to be with. Yes. Because I know it's hard to believe, team. It's, it's so hard. hard to believe. Because I'm a bit casual about everything. Mm. And so, like for example, Saturday Runners is my running group that I have. And 
we're in the darkest time of the year in Christchurch right now. Today, yesterday. I think today or yesterday, shortest day. Shortest day. So it's, it's dark, dark, dark. You like the shortest well, days? Well, I'm liking once you pass the shortest yeah, day, yeah, you're on the home yeah. And so we turned up to Saturday Runners and we're doing it through Bottle Lake Forest on Saturday morning. Right. And yep. we start at 7.30. Mm. And we turn and we're driving along and it's pitch black. And I'm and Joe's going, babe, I think it's going to be a little bit dangerous. And I'm like, no, nah, babe, she'll be right. And I'm not, I don't worry about things you see. Mm. Turned up. We had to do a bit of a warm-up on the roads before we went into the mm. forest because, you know, we got... And when you buy a house, there's a lot of things to do, John. Mm-hmm. And John, Joe's a little bit worried, you know, we've only got a month to get all these things done. And I'm like, no, nah, we're all right. She goes, maybe we shouldn't go away this weekend. I'm like, no, nah, we're all right. And so I think I stressed around a little bit. Mm. Yeah. So, but that's okay. So we're going to Queenstown yes. for the winter fest and there's no snow. Yes. Mm. So, gondola. Gondola. The luge. Good party in Queenstown. If we had a luge race, who would win? You, because you weigh more than me. Oh, really? It's about weight. Yeah. But what about just the bulls out? Are you a bit ballsy? Mm, give me a run for your money. I oh, see. I'm not. You might win because I'm a bit of a wuss. I was thinking. I what's noticed that last time we went downhill, you Bevan pulled out the wheels. Excuses. He didn't have the. Oh wheels. no, my bike's dangerous right now. Drop the hammer on yeah, you. Yeah, you did. My bike is <laughs> dangerous, man. The chain's falling off all the time. I was riding with a mate a few weeks ago, and he did the old blast past me. And he's, he's a new rider, so I could easily blitz him. But well, not about that's about blitzing him, but I could stay with him. Yeah, and, it's about blitzing him. Yeah, okay, I could easily. <laughs> and sorry, he takes off, and I, and I put the put the put the power to the pedal, John. And my chain slipped off, yeah. swerved into the middle of the road, got hit by a car, then went onto the grass, and my, I'm sitting on the in the bar trying yeah. to control myself. Nice. Yeah, my bike is very dangerous. I've, I've actually stopped riding at the moment until it gets fixed up, which is happening this week. So nice. I'll survive, John. I'll survive. Other than that, Queenstown, um, apparently I'm meeting some IM Talk listeners. How cool is this? My friend, my partner's Joe. Yes. Her brother-in-law, Joel, yeah. has some friends who listen to the show, and they've asked that I can go for coffee with them. Nice. So I'm meeting up some Iron Talk listeners on the weekend, John. For doing it for the community. I do it for the people. Yeah, you right. know, I just do it for the people. Right, I'm Russ. I'm Minot. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. kaha.